This week at Commonwealth Church, we'll discuss the storms of life. When they come, we may feel a range of emotions. We may be in shock. We may be overwhelmed and even fearful of what that storm will do to our life. Well, today I want to share with us how God actually views the storm itself and how he desires to draw us closer to him so that we can actually potentially receive the greatest breakthrough in our lives. Stay tuned for more. Here in Texas, we experience numerous storms, floods, hurricanes, tropical storms, you name it, we experience it here in Texas. Well, as we are getting ready for those storms, we try to prepare well. And by preparing well, it means that our houses are stocked with foods and perishables so that we can endure through the storm. You know, we are taught and we learn to actually be in a safe place so that when the storm comes, we are able to get to the other side. Well, in the Bible, I wanted to share with us that God describes himself as our safe place. He describes himself as the secret place that we can reside in during the storms of life. And I wanted to share with us a scripture that begins to move us into that direction to show us how God desires to get us to the other side by being in the boat with us during the storms of life. Jesus Christ is always the express image of God, and he's going to be in the boat with his disciples trying to get to the other side while they face a storm. And as they face the storm, we'll see how Jesus Christ responds to the storm and how the disciples respond to the storm. And as we think about the contrast between the two, I believe it'll help us to understand how we can face the storms that come to our own lives. The passage that I'm referring to is found in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. I'll start by looking at verse 35. As it reads, it says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go to the other side. I really wanted to highlight that point that God sent the disciples onto the other side, even when the storm was coming, because I wanted to remind us, that oftentimes when you and I face a storm in life, we'll think that, well, I guess God did not intend for me to go into this direction. We may think that if something bad happens, that it wasn't God's expected plan for our life. Well, I wanted to share the opposite with you. You know, storms happen to all of us. You know, storms may happen because we are just simply on the road of life and here comes that storm right in front of the midst of us. And so don't be alarmed. Don't be worried when storms face us. It may just be God's perfect plan for your life and for my life. The next thing that I wanted to share with us as you look at verse 36 is that Jesus Christ was in the boat with the disciples going to the other side. And I love this passage because it helps me to know and to understand that God is always present with us, even when we don't feel that he is present with us. You know, you know, think about the great poem that you may have heard of before in your life. It's called The Footprints. When you think about The Footprints, it is about this storm about a man who had always seen as he is walking on the sand, two set of footprints. But then one day he only saw one set of footprints all by themselves. The ending of the poem actually shares with us when you see one set of footprints, it means that those are the times where God is actually carrying us to our destination. You know, even when we are praying 
and we are thinking that God is not hearing us and answering our prayers, he is still available to us. He is still hearing everything that we have said. We may simply be like the disciples who have Jesus Christ sitting next to us in a boat, but we're still crying out, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? He's right there. He understands what we're going through. He understands how to even get us out of that situation. Verse 37 says, a great windstorm arose and the waves beat on the boat and started to fill up the water in the boat. Now that begins to show you and I that God was in the boat through Christ Jesus trying to get to the other side. And so he is always present with us. That that is good to know that as we are facing the storms of life and God is sending us into a direction that he is there with us. In verse 38, it says that Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and they said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? When you see what Jesus Christ is doing in the boat, during the midst of a storm, we see that he is asleep. (laughs) He has his head on the pillow resting. You know, that means that he is at peace. He's calm. He is not worried about the circumstances that are around him. That's not how you and I typically get when a storm happens. You know, if I'll be honest, when a storm happens in my life, you know, I begin to feel isolated. I feel like I'm alone. You know, I may feel frightened. Uh, I also may feel that I'm not quite sure how I'm going to get out of this issue. You know, but I understand that that's what the disciples were saying as well, because they tried to ask the teacher and they said, do you not care about this storm? They started to express either their fear or they started to express their doubt in what was happening in their lives right now. But when I think about what God wants us to know in the midst of a storm, I run to this passage because I see that in a storm, God is always at peace. You know, God is always calm. You know, he is not emotionally riled up like you and I would be. He is not thinking that he is unable to get out of the storm. He is not thinking that this storm is even going to disrupt his life. Instead, he probably has a greater knowing and a greater understanding about himself. Because a storm is is a teachable moment. It's a moment for us actually to come back into a relationship with God understand clearly who he is, how much he is available to us on our side, and then have his ability actually show up in our life. You know, verse 39 begins to show us how God's characteristics, you know, the qualities of God began to impact the storm. But then in verse 40, you start to see what God wanted to teach the disciples, because what he wanted to teach the disciples was about their faith and about where they really placed their trust. He asked the disciples two quick questions. He says, why are you afraid? He asked them another question. Why is there still no faith? Unbelief and fear. You know, those are two of the things that any of us could feel in a storm of life. You know, whether or not that storm is a loss of a job, a broken relationship, or even a physical storm like we experience here in Texas. Some of those storms actually make us fearful because we know the results of what happened. We see how lives have been destroyed. We see how relationships are broken. We see how some people never overcome their finances because the storm has actually attacked them. Well, God is trying to show us that he is bigger than those storms in life because he is the one who is the sovereign one of the world. He is the one who created the world with a plan that only he has in mind. So oftentimes when we think about the storms that are happening in our life, we are failing to recognize that God is with us. That God is bigger than the storm and that his ability, which has wisdom, which has power, which has even a foreknowledge of what shall happen in our life. 
will actually be with us if we just give God a chance. And so I wanted to help us to understand that we've got to give God a chance in the storms that we are facing in our lives. You know, at the end of the day, what will happen is what we see the disciples actually say in verse 41. They said that they were filled with great fear and awe with one another. And they said to each other, who can this be that even the wind and the waters actually obey him. Even the wind and the waters obey God himself. And so those become just mere words sometimes. And those are real words that are true that we've got to build our faith in. And so I want to keep talking about the storms of life so that we actually build our faith in a greater way that we can trust God to experience him in a way that enables us to get to the other side in life. Well, as we are talking about knowing God in the midst of our storms, you know, one of the first things that I immediately think about is that you may not want to face a storm. (laughs) You might be like me and say, well, what can I do to avoid the storms of life? And sometimes I think that that's what we think about with our relationship with God, is that maybe there's some things that I can do to prevent the storm. Maybe I can live a better life. Maybe I can live a righteous life. Maybe I can live a life in a way that God will protect me from that storm even coming upon my life. Well, there was a man in the scriptures that had that same perspective, but yet and still he faced a storm. And I want to share with you his perspective. You know, Job is described as a man who was upright and blameless before God. So he was known in the religious community as a good man, as a godly man. But he was also a wealthy man with actually a great family. So you know that in the secular world, he would be known as a prosperous man in his home and also in his business. And he was a man that may be like you or maybe like me, who would not ever want to see a storm happen in his life. Job chapter three, verse 25 says it this way. For the thing that I fear has come upon me and what I dread befalls me. I do not feel at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes upon me. You know, Job was in many ways experiencing what you and I would never want to experience. We would never want to experience great family harm happen to us. We would never want to experience great financial ruin. We would never want to experience debilitating health in our body. But Job experienced it all. But through those experiences, I want to share with us that Job was able to know God in a greater way. Now, that may seem strange to you, but as you begin to understand God, Our sufferings, the difficult places of our lives, are really where we can actually reach God and actually know him in a greater way. You know, in my marriage vows with my wife, you know, I committed to love her and she committed to love me in the good times and the bad times. Those marriage vows told us that we were going to be committed to one another no matter the circumstance. And that's also what we know about God when we actually go through the trials of life we'll be able to know that he is committed to us no matter the circumstance. And it's really, really important for us to know that about him. He wants us to know that he is committed to us no matter the circumstance. In Philippians chapter three, verse eight, the apostle Paul says these words. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. You know, I think about the life of Job and I try to equate what Paul is actually saying. And I can imagine that Paul would have the experiences of a Job, for example, and say that it is worth my life to lose all my money, to lose my health, 
and even to lose my kids if I could actually know Christ better. You know, in other words, he is saying that if I am able to gain Christ, if I am able to experience Jesus Christ in a way, it is worth the things that I may suffer in this world and in this life. Now, that may not make any sense to you and I, because the things that we value on this earth and the things that we value in our own personal lives mean everything to us. Maybe they don't mean the same thing that it meant to this Apostle Paul. But I wanted to share with us a little bit more because maybe we can actually get to this place and understand what he's actually saying to you and I. In verse nine, he says, let me be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that comes from faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection of the dead. What I can believe that the Apostle Paul is sharing with us is that there is a richness of knowing Christ Jesus that is greater than anything else in this world. When I think about the word resurrection in verse 10, it gives me the great insight of why it is so important to know Christ Jesus. And knowing him, we get this opportunity to receive what's called the resurrection from the dead. And when you and I think about the resurrection, it is the most incomparable experience that we will ever have in life. You know, it is about an experience where we are physically and literally and realistically dead. You know, we have no ability to have a medicine or a doctor bring us back to life. There is nothing that actually is more precious than the resurrection experience of knowing that for all of eternity, God is going to breathe life back into our body so that we can actually live for all of eternity. When we know Christ Jesus, that's what we get. We have the opportunity for God to actually give us the greatest experience that is possible in our lives. And so that is why Paul is actually saying to you and I that I count all things as lost. Everything is worth giving up because I can now experience something that is greater than the world could actually ever give me. You know, as much as our riches are important, as much as our relationships are important, and as much as our family is important, even if we lose those things, God is actually saying to you and I that I can give you something better. I can give you something that is me and also something that allows you to live out eternity with me. You know, some of those other things that we live in life, they can come and go. But there's nothing that is more precious than the eternal weight of knowing Christ Jesus. I want us now to think about Job again, because Job in the latter days of his life got a taste of this resurrection experience that I'm sharing with you. When you think about his life, remember, you know, Job lost it all. He lost his children, he lost his family, he lost his finances, he even lost his health, he lost his business reputation. But then he got an opportunity to experience who God was. You know, God actually spoke to him face to face. And when Job got to experience God, he understood that God was present in the circumstances that he was facing. So he got another chance to understand that he wasn't alone, he wasn't forsaken, and he wasn't by himself. Secondly, he also got an opportunity to understand through God's own mouth, through God's own words, that God was bigger than the circumstance that Job was experiencing. You know, God actually shared with him just how truly big he was and whatever illustration and whatever example that Job needed to hear so that he could understand that his circumstances were truly pale in comparison to who God really was. 
And then once God actually shared with him how big he truly was in the life of Job, he now began to display his power and his ability into Job's life. And I want to share that last part of it because I believe, because I believe that God was giving Job a taste of this resurrection experience that you and I will get to experience because we've trusted that Christ Jesus is our Lord and Savior that came into this world, died and was buried and resurrected again. Job chapter 42, verse 10 says these words, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came all his brothers and sisters and all that had known him before, and they ate bread in his house. And they showed him sympathy and compassion from all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. You know, that is almost like God was giving him a taste of resurrection. Now, it's not as great as you and I will receive of having eternal life, but understanding that God will actually do better in our latter days than we had in our beginning days is that expression of resurrection, showing us that he is bigger and mightier than we could ever imagine that he could be, that he can actually turn our lives toward his favor if we just actually give him a chance. As I close, I'm reminded of a little girl, four years old, who would go to church every single Sunday with her mother and her father. She would hear about all the good things of Christ Jesus and understand that eventually she would actually have to take her own step of faith. Well, one day that opportunity presented itself for her. She was outside by herself in the rain and she did not know what to do, but she understood that God was the one who could actually protect her and deliver her from any storm of life. So she called on to Christ Jesus and she asked him, you know, Jesus, can you actually stop the storm until I can get to a safe place? Four years old. And guess what happened? God stopped that storm for her, enabled her to get to a safe place. And right after that, she committed her life to Christ Jesus and began to walk with him even at that early age. You know what that shares with us? is that oftentimes God can use a storm in life just so that we can get connected to him in a greater way. And so whatever storm that you are facing today, I pray that you actually reach out to God, allow him to draw you closer to him so that he can actually show you that he is available to you in the storm, that he had never left you, that you have never been forsaken. And then he can begin to show you that he is bigger than that storm that you are facing. And once you understand how big he is in that storm, allow him to demonstrate his power and ability in that storm. Allow him to speak to you, to guide you, and to demonstrate his miraculous power. He may take you on a journey that you didn't expect, but he'll take you to the right journey that you need to be. If this message has been a blessing to you, I'd love for you to go out to our website at www.commonbondchurch.org and actually fill out a comment card. Please let us know how this message has impacted you and how we can connect with you. If you also like to send a prayer request, please go to that same website and click on the prayer link. It's been my pleasure so much to connect with you today and actually share God's word. I can't wait till we connect with each other again. Have a great day.